Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, pod people, and welcome back to Classic Ads from Simpler Times. In this week's episode, we're going to see what an advertising agency specifically created to flog deodorant, washing powder and margarine comes up with when they're presented with a brief to sell ice cream made in a factory just off the A38 in Gloucester. We'll hear how a young Gene Wilder got his big break in a gondola and how one half of a one-hit wonder got the gig massacring a classic piece of 19th century Italian music so that Walls could put a chest freezer in every spa in the UK. This week's ad was filmed in that vast country that the British call overseas, and the Vaseline used on the camera lens appears to have been the largest expense on the shoot. But that hasn't stopped Walls selling billions of pounds worth of ice cream off the back of it, even if the product tastes mainly of disappointment and antifreeze. I'm Steve Cook, and together with my co-host, award-winning advertising creative and TV ad director Tony Williams, you're about to listen to us having a yarn about a Cornetto ad from 1983. More importantly, however, this is the week where I con tones into singing you the top 10 advertising jingles of all time, as voted by the British public in 2006. I think you'll agree that it's this level of entertainment that makes the podcast an unmissable listen in literally a couple of homes worldwide. Welcome back to the post-lockdown episode of Classic Ads from Simpler Times. Not for everyone, we are internationals, a lot of people still in lockdown. That is true. It's post-lockdown here in Western Australia, where we were in lockdown for 10 minutes or so, weren't we? And we came out of independence in 1984. <laughs> About 10 minutes, yeah. But there was, um, in the first lockdown, um, they reduced and limited the amount of alcohol you were allowed to buy mm. to two cartons of beer, that's 48 cans, two bottles of wine, and one litre of spirits. That was the limit during lockdown. They announced it's brilliant. This is like, shit, how are we going to survive on that? I've never done it with the sherry. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're going back to 1983 again. It's like deja vu all over again, again, again. Have I told you my deja vu joke? No, go. Sorry, I didn't understand. No, thanks, Google. Did I tell you my deja vu joke? No. Cheers, mate. (laughs) (laughs) The joys of recording a podcast. No, no, it's to me. I've got got friends for life. Tony's Kitchen. 
1983, um, Margaret Thatcher's Prime Minister, blah, blah, Beers Willing, Oxford. Go graduate. on, what's Ken doing? Bob Hawke is the Australian Prime Minister. What, we've had 83 before, have we? We have had uh, 1983 before, which has forced me to go deeper into the internet Ooh. To, find, <laughs> to, find, to find out some stuff to contextualise. Oh, contextualise. 1983. So Lotus 123 is released for IBM PCs. Do you remember that, Lotus 123? No, no I do remember like seeing old boxes of on storage shelves in companies. So Lotus yeah. 123 is the precursor to Excel. There was Lotus Works, wasn't there? There was. Later in the year, Microsoft released Word. Wow. So that's quite interesting. Word is nearly... 40 years old. It's interesting, is it? So it's very simple, for, um, unusually simple for Microsoft. It's because it was called a word processor. What are we going to call it, Bob? Word? Okay. The final episode of MASH airs. Oh, we talked about that. We have talked about that. Setting still, it's an unsurpassed record. That's right. 125 million people watch that. The first collection of Swatch watches was launched. Oh, I've got, oh I love Swatches. I know you. That's why I put it in, because I know that you like Swatch watches. I like Swatches. I remember seeing, funny enough, an interview with um, Sean, uh, yeah, Sean Lennon. He was like a 15-year-old skateboarding and he was on TV. And he had two Swatch watches on each arm. And I'm going, whoa, look at that. It was like did, you have, what, did I remember you telling me you had a Swatch watch collection? I do. I've got the original Pop Swatch. I've got the original I bought from Neil Kimber for 15, uh, no, sorry, for five pounds at school. And it's like, I think the straps rotted away, yeah? If Neil Kimber's listening, he's kicking himself, isn't he? Yeah, sorry, he got done for shoplifting in Harrods on a school trip. <laughs> his mum didn't know that. <laughs> now she does. Back at you. Or is it Paul Daniel? I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I do. I've got some, uh, yeah, when you're shooting and, and travelling around and you, you know, you've got nothing to do in airport lounges, you don't obviously go and buy big expensive watches all the time, you but Swatch is not decently priced. And so yeah. I'd buy them, wear them on a shoot and, and, you know, claim them and then um, leave them. And so, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Okay, Apple boy. The Apple Lisa personal computer was launched in 1983. Mm. I'd never heard of it. This is named after his daughter. Really? Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Doris. It was. It was. It was looked like. Um, was that the actual release of it, or was that the first prototype? Because it looked. They made it in the garage. In, um, no, it was Sandra. launched. Yeah. It cost nine thousand nine hundred ninety-five US. It looks like you imagine like an old cash register now in a supermarket. It was. It was like that. It was like a big bulky body with a tiny little like, ATM-sized screen on it. I love this. It featured a five megabyte hard drive. Yeah, but it had two extant expansion slots. Nice. How much extra RAM could you get in the expansion slots? Two hundred fifty-six k. Get so close. Oh, you, no, you could get a meg of RAM in each slot. Mind you, that said, when I had my first Mac, an Apple LC, it had a twenty megabyte hard drive, and it's like, look, I've got Photoshop. I can do pictures, color on the screen. That was pretty mind blowing. In the name of the great god nostalgia, here's the launch ad for the Apple Lisa. I'll stick it up on the YouTube channel if you'd like to have a look. When Apple invented the personal computer, we were all alone in the world. But soon it seemed that everybody was trying to build a better Apple. Well, somebody finally did. Lisa from Apple. So advanced it puts us right back where we started. Alone again. Soon there'll be just two kinds of people. Those who use computers and those who use apples. What is... Black, black. Kuro, kuro. Buraku, buraku. Black, uh, okay. Do you know what it is? Black or black or? It's called black, black. Black, black. Buraku, buraku. Uh, no, I don't know what it is. So it was launched in 1983 in Japan. It's a brand of caffeinated chewing gum. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it's horrible. 
Yeah, it's silver, black, and white. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. I don't know if it's written in English. Yeah, this is this is how this is where my exploration of 1983 led me to this product. Say it's called uh, in Japan. It's called Barako Barako. It was launched in 1983. The translation is black, black. It's a brand of caffeinated yeah. chewing gum produced in Japan. It's extremely popular in part due to TV commercials that starred. I don't know. I wasn't in there in 1983. Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh yeah, okay. So there's so many, as we know from our own experience, so many celebrities that do TV ads in Japan under contract. They're never allowed to be used outside. Like Nicolas Cage oh. advertised pachinko balls. Pachinko balls are like a slot machine, and he's here on the uh, piano going pachinko, pachinko, and that's it. But yeah, okay, yeah, I bring that um, chewing gum or I brought it back for friends. It's one of those sort of novelty things. You go, oh, no, it tastes just a taste of coffee. It gives you that sort of fresh breath of an old cig- uh, salaryman cigarette smoker and you know, leaning over your shoulder on the train. So it became incredibly popular, apparently, in the United States in 2003 after Wired magazine reviewed oh. it oh. and they described its taste as, as being spray. like Sambuca yeah. spiked with Vicks vapor rock. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But, um, but it, it gives you a bit of a kick. There is some English on the label. It's actually called Blackjack, I think, not Black Black. That's the internet for you, isn't it? Yeah, Blackjack, I think. Apparently on the label it says, high technical. Yes, oh, really? chewing. I know there's some great things you can get. You can get the um, Maxi Mini Bar, you can get Colon Candy, and that was literally in the 7-Eleven next to Poo Sticks, like Winnie the Pooh. Oh, some Colon Candy, please. <laughs> right next to Poo Sticks. <laughs> to my Poo Sticks. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, 1983 saw the launch of Chicken McNuggets. Oh. Have you ever seen them being made? In a big gooey paste. Oh, I, look, it's entered folklore now, isn't it? I watched the famous Jamie Oliver program where he showed a bunch of school children exactly how you make chicken McNuggets. Uh-huh. And then at the end, he was expecting them all to be horrified. <laughs> and, and, uh, and he said, oh, it's just changed your mind about it. And he went, nah, fuck that. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, easy. The, 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 there's that like, big box and you put the money in and then this tray comes out with them. That's how they made But remember, not too long ago, McDonald's had this counter campaign to prove what was real and what wasn't and to counter all these rumours, and they you start these little YouTube films going, these are how I know it's made it. It speaks to Deirdre, who works at the chicken stranglers farm, the chicken chokers, right? <laughs> and then, and, I, and it is a horrible, gooey pink paste, but it's all real chicken, and it's like, you know, it's not lips and assholes, as they, they say. It doesn't make it any, you know. But, they, but, I mean, basically, they make it by putting chucking um, chicken carcasses into a huge spinning drum, don't they? No. Anything yeah. that sticks to the sides. That's, like that's, what goes, that's what goes into the night. I've been to that party. <laughs> 1983, we were all watching, you're going to love this, we were all watching Return of the Jedi, um, and we were watching Michael Jackson's thriller video. Cheers. I wasn't really into Cheers. I did used to have a big thing for Kirsty Alley, though. Uh, the Bill. It's a really hard song to sing, but it shows uh, the feet walking away from you. All the Roland Rapp made his debut. Yeah, Kevin. With Philip Schofield, Roland Rapp, wasn't he? Yep. Black Adder. Like Black Adder. Bob. <laughs> the first one. The first one wasn't that good, right? It had... Um, but with the, the, the Pete and he had Peter. What's his name? Pete and Dud. That Pete. Peter Cook. Yeah, Peter Cook was in the first one. He played the, the headless father or whatever. But it was it wasn't it was a bit weird. It was a bit arty, preppy school. This is going to be really funny. All right. The A Team. Oh, for a crime they didn't commit. First episode ever of the A Team. Yeah. Hannibal loves it when a plan comes together. He Man and the Masters of the, the Universe. Universe. Masters of the Universe. So you start to like the, the the people who had those sort of action figures. You know, you've got to ask, right? It was a lot of big, muscly, blonde bloke. Terror Hawks. Oh, hang on. What are they? I know the name. So Terror Hawks was Jerry Anderson's 1980s effort. Yes, me lady. How did that go down? Don't know. Oh, I was not very well. well I, was, I was 21. <laughs> We're I was, both going. I wasn't watching He-Man and the Master of the Universe. I was well, watching... Whatever you do in your own time is your business, man. I was watching Arf Vida's own pet. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember him. 
Great. Jimmy Nail. Great. First ever episode. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. It's going to hit you right between the eyes. Oh, surprise, surprise. Uh, first ever episode. This is the last one, sorry, of Blockbusters. <gasps> I'll have a pee, please, Bob. I'll have an E, please, Bob. <laughs> I used to go home and bum bum watching it. Blah, 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 blah. It was like, it reminded me of um, 321. Remember that? 321, Dusty Bin? But yeah. I love the people who drive. Do the gold rush. Remember the gold rush? And Bob, whatever his name was. It was like, it was like a, a stuffed, like carcass, wasn't it? No, no emotion at all. Meanwhile, Weatherfield. Oh, God, here he is. <laughs> Having remarried Wishy Washy Coronation Street intellectual Ken Barlow in 1981. He goes to Benidorm. Deidre. Repaid Ken's love and trust by having an affair with Cockney Spiv, Mike Baldwin. Oh, Mike Baldwin. What's his name, Israel? Johnny? Johnny? What's his, his No idea. He knows his real name because he's the one that gave I the just acting advice. Mike. He was, you know, he was, no, his name's like Johnny Beal or something. He's the one that gave the acting advice. It was very simple. You turn up, you read your lines, you go home, get paid. That's it. That's all you needed on your resume to be on Coronation Street. Anyway, after months of Wilshy Wenshi drama, Deirdre made the decision to break up with Ken Baldwin and reunite Barlow. with her estranged husband. This episode was the highest rated in the soap's history. When the decision was made public on February 23rd, the scoreboard at Old Trafford flashed the message, Ken and Deirdre reunited. Ken won, Mike nil. Oh, get in there, son. And that was during the game between Manchester United and Arsenal. We're going to do a very slow reveal this week. Well, it's only taking 20 minutes of to this, get this. <laughs> of this ad. The ad that we're going to review in 2006... Oh, you literally mean slow. ...was named as the, the, the number one advertising jingle in the United Kingdom. I've got the top 10, and you're going to oh. sing the top 10 advertising jingles now. in 2006. Oh, Here right. it is. Number 10, Umbongo. Umbongo, Umbongo, they drink it in the Congo. They do. Yep. I know, yeah. Okay, number nine, Cadbury's Flake. Only the flake is crumbly as chocolate. Taste like chocolate. Never tasted before. Oh, close. Only I did the audition they wanted me. I was busy. Crumbliest <laughs> that was crumbliest. I'm sorry. Number eight, Coca-Cola. This is way before you were born. I'd like to teach the world to sing. I'd like to teach the I world this, right? to sing. In perfect harmony. Everyone! There you go. Okay, uh, number seven, Club Biscuits. If you want a lot of chocolate on your biscuit, join our club. Oh, this is number six, your favourite, Quick Fit. Can't get better than Quick Quick Fitter. Number five, Mars. A Mars a day helps you work, rest and play. Okay, this is like Gold Rush, I'm Blockbuster. Number four, Kia Aura. Key Aura, we all adore her. I don't know what I want, Key Aura. And the basketball crow, got it? And then the, and the crow says, what does the crow say? The crow says, I'll be your dog. I'll be, that's right, yeah, I'll be your dog. And it was the, a crow. It was, it was American, the crow, so, made, the, you know, so the crow goes, I'll be your dog. <laughs> and it was a crow, yeah. We, I, I thought it was something like some you know, cultural difference. I expect you to sing the whole thing. Coming in at number three. Up two places, number three is? Our Whites. Oh, no, this is you. <laughs> go on, go. <laughs> Come on. I'm a secret lemonade drinker. Oh, what? Oh, what? I've been trying to give it up, but it's one of those nights. Oh, what? I'm leaning into the mic. I'm actually leaning. <laughs> oh, what? Come on. I just want a bit of lemonade. Mink, mink, stop lying. She's out. Okay. Uh, in at number two, with a rocket, shaken back. 
Do the shake and back and put the pressures back. I don't know what I'm doing. Do Just the look the at shake my crack. and back and put the back. That's right. Back. A little blonde. I don't know. Also, the gentleman that made that. Maybe we'll have him on the show one day. That'd be nice. Mr. Kime. We had a, um, a slight discussion about that a while ago, and um, which revolved around her footwear. No, no one's looking at her footwear. I remember no, she, she was quite perky because no, she walked I, backwards into camera. Because my suggestion was that she was wearing high heels and you went, no, oh, no. slippers, I'm sure. And I went back and looked at it and she's wearing high heels. She'll wear whatever you want. Because but, uh, I, don't, I was, was looking at her feet, I'm sorry. Because it was 19... There was a vacuum in it, was it? It's 1971. You did your vacuuming in your high heels. Don't work that. I don't know my dad one. did. did you, have you ever used shaking back, by the way? No, it doesn't work. Oh. Doesn't work. I mean, just, just, how would you like, have? It's like this, because maybe bleach and put it all over everywhere. He couldn't walk in the house for the three days. The closest you've come to shaking back is trying to get it up your nose on a Friday Thank afternoon. You. In at number you one. That bit in. Number Go one with it. a bullet. What is the number one jingle as voted by 1,000 people in a survey carried out by McCann Erickson in 2006? Of all their ass. <laughs> um, the number one jingle, I don't know. Is it um, uh, How Did All Do It? Won't somebody tell? No. Is it um, uh, Milk Bars Are On Me? No. Is it, Although it's is it to- just one Cornetto? <laughs> It is just one comment. I was building up well to done, it. Well done. I, it's, I found it quite hard to believe that the Milky Bar Kid didn't make the top ten. Yeah. The Milky Bar Kid is strong and tough, and only the best is good enough. I don't remember that. Was that the whitest? Milk, the whitest bar. The Milky the Bar. The that's in Milky Bar. I would have said a finger of fudge is just enough to give your mum a treat. That was what we used to say at school. It's full of family goodness. <laughs> it's very small and neat. A finger of fudge is just enough. What's it between? The Kit Kat. You can only get four fingers in a Kit Kat, right? <laughs> um, but that, a figure of fudge, I, I don't know, I wouldn't have said, I don't know, but unless they're prompted and they say, listen to these three commercials, which is your favourite? That one? Yeah, the McCann, yeah. So this survey carried out in 2006 by McCann Erickson showed that more than 70% of the, of the respondents could recognise the Cornetto <laughs> agreed <laughs> that I had was the... Uh... And then guess who McCann's client was in 2006? Oh, it wouldn't be Flake 99, would it? Cornetto. It was Walt Cornetto. So what did they do on the back of their, their survey? And it was the most popular oh, jingle yeah. ever. What did they do? What we need to do is reprise it, guys. So what we've got <sighs> is something organic. It's in, the, it's in the fabric of society. We see a huge opportunity. Let's bring someone now in, someone today, someone fresh. We can afford it. We've got contact. We're a global network. We have the connections. Let's do... But we've got health and safety issues about she's licking it. We've got theft in Venice. It's not good. There's cruise ships in the back. You can't even, you know? Yeah. It should have been a suit. That was brilliant. That was a great presentation. Yeah, we haven't heard that much it costs yet. We need 15 days in Fiji <laughs> to work on, on the gondolier. Yes. Yeah. We opened on a beach. Oh, we're not allowed to call it a gondolier anymore. It can't be fat. Can't have anything around his neck. Ask France. Okay. Uh, and just to round off the bullshit, in, in the year 2000, the commercial was ranked 23rd in Channel 4's poll of the 100 greatest adverts. Wow. Well, it's back to, it was different back then, wasn't it? So, so that, you know, people are going, well, it worked then. It worked now. No, Toby Sample worked then, but okay. it doesn't work now. Let's stop now. Now can you, can you please tell me about the ad? What happened to the ad? Here's the ad, which stars a young Gene Wilder and British actress Kika Markham, who was Elizabeth Hurley before Elizabeth Hurley was Elizabeth Hurley. It's up on our YouTube channel, of course. There's a link in the pod notes. 
It was on a balcony, wasn't it? In the music video, I think Top of the Pops. It was on a balcony. No, she was. I don't know. One of one's a fat bloke, and the other one's the the woman. And it was on a balcony. Yeah. Your memory it's is amazing. It's a red road. Horrifically accurate. I'm sure. It's horrifically accurate. Unless I owe you some money. Okay, so um, Rene Pagliari was half of the one-hit wonders, Rene and Renato. He lived in the Midlands. He was not Pavarotti. He was, he was not Italian. Oh, wasn't he? No, he wasn't Italian. Where was he from? <laughs> I think his parents were Italian. Wales. But... Um, you're right. The but it was an opera singer. The top of the no. Well, how did he get the job? He's a waiter. Well, how did he get the job? Probably the, the, the crew he, pissed off the wreckies. It's one of those rags to riches things, isn't it? He's a waiter. Yeah, but if, and in his spare time, you know that you know the pop turn where they've just got the organ, the electric organ. Oh, the Casio. <laughs> yeah. Um, him and Rene were on the club circuit, and then suddenly they had the one-hit wonder, and then he got picked to sing the Cornetto song. So that was okay. So that because it was always a parody again, you know, of, of, of like jokes about the balcony felt. He was a big fella. I don't was was Rene. But you're right. The um the video the top of the, that they showed on top of the pops. There's a lot of mist, a lot of, a lot of oh, fog. No, it's brilliant. For some reason, they've reversed it. You'd think that she'd be on the yeah, balcony. No, he that. Doesn't he fly down on a cable? If I, 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 did, well. I couldn't watch it to the end. But he's he's yeah. uh, he's in the balcony. She's off to the stage, and then. And they obviously sing. It's a two-part thing. So he sings, then yeah. she sings, and then he sings, then she sings. I can see fog and an ivy going. But nothing the happens. Like the person yeah. who's not singing is still in shock because it's so wide. Yeah. And they just sing. They just well, that's if he's getting in. But I wonder what he's doing now. Yeah, and he was and from the Midlands. Save you love, me darling. Save you love. Still, Price Lintas was the advertising agency who created this advert. Still, Price. Lintas. Well, they become low Lintas, didn't they? Oh, look. Or they are so the, the Cornetto brand is owned by Walls, which is in turn owned by Unilever. Oh. The Lintas, I didn't know this. I thought it was really interesting. The Lintas part of the agency name comes from Lever International Advertising Services, That's which right. was the in-house ad agency for Lever. Yeah. Lever merged with a margarine company in 1930 to become uh, Unilever. And still Price Lintas had a load of Unilever brands. That's interesting. So they were but working on uh, Shore Deodorant, Surf Washing Powder, and Flora Magazine. Wow. That must have been a real crazy party. And then eventually, you're right, Lintas did be, uh, were, Lintas. were bought by Lowe. Yeah. But it's... Um, yeah, and it doesn't exist anymore. Lowe, I remember in Tokyo, they had a, <laughs> on the door, but very small buildings, and on the elevator, it said Lowe Advertising. No, it was low standard, I'm sorry. They merged. It said low standard advertising. Honestly, I kid you not. Best advertising agency um, ever. But they, so, they, so Walls, do you want to hear a funny story about Walls briefly? Go. Roger Moore. If you ask anyone, in fact, I think if you look at Wikipedia, you know the Magnum ice cream? Yep. Chuck Ice? Yep. Roger Moore is the unofficial creator of that. He was doing a media interview and he said, oh yeah, what's it like being a movie star? He said, well, one thing I always wanted, <laughs> chicken, not stirred, was um, uh, a chalk ice like he used to have as a kid. But he said, I want to stick on it so it doesn't get everywhere. And so um, apparently they followed it up and they, so, and they wrote a letter or sent, presented the idea or whatever to, to Walls. Um, what they got from Walls was a letter saying thanks and a free tub of ice cream. And then was it six years later, the Magnum was revealed. And so he's the unofficial, no, ask anyone. Didn't know that. Yeah, Walls Ice Cream. From Walls Ice Cream. Apparently they wanted him for that shoot when he was busy. The Cornetto, the creation of Cornetto, it's quite interesting, I think. 
Did we just call ourselves out of the ice cream van? Because it all feels like something no. in the supermarket, So here's right? the deal. So for a long time, the idea of selling frozen ice cream cones was impractical mm. because the ice cream would soak up the cone sure. and go all soggy. Um, the, there was a company, an Italian company called Spica, based in Naples, and they came up with the idea of insulating the inside of the cone. <laughs> with, with something asbestos. It's going to be something to say. By injecting polio. Yeah, with, with lead. Oh, that's why you have to have a spoon. Yeah, like with lead liner. Um, they created this coating of oil, sugar, and chocolate. Spray a rush For the inside of the cone. <laughs> It's the same company. This is melted. And they said, what are you going to do this? And they're lots of things. And that's it. That's how they created it, which meant that the ice cream didn't soak into the coat, which meant that you could then sell them in shops. Yeah, you couldn't think- get an ice cream. No, you get an ice lolly, right? But not you could a- get an ice lolly, but you couldn't get an ice cream, right? Mm. What do you think the word cornetto means in, Ita- in Italian? In a cone? No, it means little horn. Oh, yes. That's your new nickname. <laughs> okay, so when we talk about USP, product USP, this is a game changer. So, it Are be- we allowed to use that in 2021, the word game changer? Oh, sorry. Mm. To descend into, okay. back, back into Alan Partridge territory <laughs> there. <laughs> That's um, fine. I have a little... Um, I think the parking detective has given you a, a ticket on your Porsche. <laughs> You sold the Hummer. Right I, love, I love a little sound effect that goes, bell end. <laughs> get a cup, get a cup. So, Cornetta's USB was... <laughs> sorry, sorry. We should have a... <laughs> Alert. So so someone's been an appetizing wanker. <laughs> there should be a... <laughs> 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 and Cornetta's USB was the, fact, it was the first ready-made ice cream delivered to the shops, wrapped and ready to go. This meant that, for the person eating it, you had clean fingers. And ice cream, and ice cream all the way down. For the person selling it, there was no need to have a machine or a scoop. All you needed was a chest freezer. So what did Walls do? They sold. They put chest freezers in convenience stores, the supermarkets. They did. They gave chest freezers away until kids started losing their fingers. Do they? No, but they should. But you know, there was a slide, and they go, "Can I have that?" No. <laughs> but that's right, and because it, it always, you know what? They always used to be outside, like the spa or the Londis or whatever you know you went to. And they always be a bit faded on the outside of the freezers. They were never put, because I can see a, a faded Walls logo now. So Walls started the practice of giving away chest freezers on the condition that you only stocked their products in it. Right. I think Fred West famously, oh! famously had a couple, didn't he? Oh. <laughs> so it's not just for chest, Fred. <laughs> you can put other stuff in a chest fridge, freezer. So that's it. So you couldn't, what about like a mini milk? Remember then? They were like, uh, they were sort of like an ice cream, but they were like, well, I don't know, frozen milk. I never like, saw the point of those, frankly. Well, 12p, mini milk. But it was like an ice cream. It was, like, it was fake ice cream, wasn't it? Fake ice cream. Right? Fake. All fake. Um, <laughs> I ice, cream. ice cream, not you. Um, but it was, and, uh, so they used to do the soft serve, you know, Mr. Whippy does a shit. And, <laughs> and it was just, bam, 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 Really? All the crew parents, crew parents, they used to say, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, you know what that sound means? So what it means? Run out of ice cream. <laughs> so before the Cornetto, you got your ice cream from really from the ice cream van, didn't you? You got your Flight Ninety Nine. You got your bubble gum thing, yeah. and yeah, you were. I don't know about you, but I was allowed the Mister Whippy kind of deal. But Mum always had a chalk eyes. 
Oh, she yeah. was posh. Yeah, chalk eyes. And I wanted a chalk eyes and got told in no uncertain terms to get fucked. <laughs> you make those your Mr. Whippy instant and shove it her, up one's ass. Those are her exact words. Really? We can't afford. We can't afford because I've just spent it all on me. <laughs> and this is where, you know, my, you, you know that episode where you mocked me for never eating a steak until I was 19? No, I didn't. I just assumed. <laughs> I have never had a cornetto. You, you know what? I think we might even have it in the fridge here. Never eaten a cornetto. Really? No. We've got to get a cornetto. Too here. expensive. Guys, we get a cornetto? Oh, no, no. Too expensive. Yeah, no budget. Well, they're expensive because, so if you bought them in the supermarket, you bought them in boxes of certain amount. If you bought them in the out of the chest freezer in the ice cream, in the, you know, the, the, what do you call it? What is yours? Londis, Spa, Silk or K, whatever. Asda. Asda. Yeah. That would be a long time before back. then. Asda, um, Asda have gone seriously up market since our lad. Really? But yeah, the spa was the other one. Yeah, I worked at the spa. It was my, my stock in shelves. So the Cornetto effectively created an entire category. Didn't it? And they still haven't sold the lid bit, I've got to say. Because you get it, and when you don't, oh, you don't know. I don't know. So it's ice cream, right? You hold it in one hand, right? And and you lift the lid off, and there's always, like, ice cream stuck to the top of the lid. And you can't just, like, lick it because it's too flimsy. And so you're like, So I have a theory about this advert. Yes, little horn. (laughs) Before Cornettos, my theory is that all ice cream consumers were children. Ice cream was not a product for adults. No, not with... Like apple pie, not one on on maybe the croquet lawn. Well, I, I think there's a, I suppose there's a there's a there's a category thing, isn't there, where you, you have yes a tub of ice cream that you would buy buy take home eat with apple pie. Yeah. Okay. This is stuff that you would buy as a single serve in a shop. Yeah. Or at I don't know you know you you buy it from after you've been to whatever. My theory is that all ice cream consumers were children up to the point before Cornetto launched. Interesting. There are no children in this advert. So Cornetto's got this USP. It's a ready-made ice cream, delivered to the shops, wrapped and ready to go. Why the premium price of it's for children? It's not for children. It's for adults. Right, but I thought you said you had a theory it was... Oh, sorry. Right, okay. So my theory is that pre-Cornetto, all ice cream was consumed by children. Or it was thought, you know, the bulk of it was yeah, consumed by children. Yeah, you see many older people running out to the, the ice cream man. And I think that what uh, Cornetto did was, this is, uh, they went, this is not a product for children, this is actually for adults, mm. that's why we're going to premium price it, mm. and that's why we're going to launch it with an advert that hasn't got any kids in it. And what we're going to do is we're going to make it really, really sophisticated. We're going to... I see that one. We're going to, <laughs> we're going to set the ad on a gondola in Venice... Because, Venice, because none of our, none of the people who are going to buy it. Have ever but really, it's going to be the canal, <laughs> the road with a waiter. <laughs> and then to make it memorable, we're going to cram as many Italian cliches as possible into it. To the point that his accent at some point is so strong, we didn't actually know what he was saying. Yep. And then we're going to massacre a piece of Italian classical music to sell a product which is made in a factory off the A38 in Gloucester. I think what it was. What do you think, Tones? Well, yeah, because obviously it was for the older people. Like, you know, your mum has a chalk ice because it's for grown-ups because it's premium. Yep. So this was seen. So it's like, you know, mum rolls out the Viennetta still, you know, because it's Sunday. (gasps) Yeah, we had a copy the other day. It wasn't good from Audi. Um, Stick to making cars. So, but it was some Belgian one. It wasn't good because, yeah, you can't beat Viennetta or all the crackling in it anyway, which is, again, frozen ice cream, right, in that sort of context. So it's not like all creamy, but it's the the reason they they passed it from... Um, but it's about is to show that it can be handled. 
Because if you're on a date and you go to the ice cream and you have two scoops, it starts to melt. A traditional cone, you know, you suck in the bottom of it because yep. it's, it's... Have you had a cone? No, it's checking. Yes. I just said, right? Yes. So, you know, it's sort of the holes in the bottom and it's, it's, yeah, there's no closure. And it's like, so this is not messy. You know, you don't have to walk along Brighton Beach Pier with the wind blowing in your face. I'm licking, you know, because what do you do as soon as you go to the ice cream van, right? You get it, you walk along and this movement trying to lick the, the bits that are dripping. So that's, so you can see there's a, there's a, like a shop where they pass it from hand to hand to show that you can pass it without, you know, getting what, are, are we talking up. about Vionettas now or are we talking about Cornettos? We're talking about the bloke who sold me the ice cream in the park. Please, what happens? You blow a seal. No. But that's what it is. There's a, there's a definite, you know, because it's certainly not for sharing. I, that, that sort of thing, you know. Cornettos. We don't see him give his... Give, yeah, we talking about Cornettos, love, yeah. Sorry. Um, keep up, little horn. Is it funny, is that? Is it funny? Yeah, is it funny? Um, only a Ferrero Rocher way. So I don't first, think it's supposed to be funny. It's, the first it's time you be... saw it, I guess it's kind of mildly funny because he steals the Cornetto from her well, hand. no, because he's, he's, he's a Italian. So it's like, do you remember? Well, no. <laughs> well, there was different then, right? So do you remember the show Mind Your Language? I do remember Which, which I don't show. think, you know, look, my wife told me she didn't find it offensive. It is what it is. But it was seen as being, you know, stereotypical, et cetera. I think it's humorous in those sort of things that... You know, the only look, I mean, look at Mike Bolden, you know, he used to go to where was it? Greece, wherever, you know, Algarve. Most of the people in Britain, you know, used to get, get wet and camping holidays. This was like another world. So Italy to them would have been a, a Valentine's, you know, beautiful lover's city. And so I think it's just been the epitome. It's been absolute romance. So there, thanks. Is, is that, I'll, um, That's really I'll interesting. To go to. No, it's really interesting to hear you um, articulate that because part of the problem of looking at this out 30 years later is. It looks like an absolute piss take, doesn't it? Well, Thirty years later, it, well, it was then, but people didn't realise it's more than that. Nearly forty years. Sorry, it, but it didn't realise it was paid. It, it would be like you know, uh, if if you said right, think of uh, someone doing a used car ad in America in the wild, yeah, in in middle America, you think, yeehaw, come down and get my bargains, right? Which is probably a piss take, but it's just that you know where your mind goes straight to, right? I mean, if you're doing an ad in Paris, what would you see? You know, you'd see the knights, uh, you know, a good-looking bloke, the knights of the Eiffel Tower, uh, lights flickering, and then, and then that's what it is. Now, whether that's cheesy and, you know, think of Spain, think of beaches and hot weather, not the fish and chip shops and fights, right? <laughs> but that was that would have been the far-off far different land, you know? It's a luxury product to have $1.64. Well, you never had one. Never had one. I can't believe you never had a Cornetto. Interestingly, no. they were big, right? I don't know, it should be called Little Horn. They were, they were big. And I say they're big... Because the ones I've had of recent, not many, but I've been researching, you know, they come like for Hungry Jacks, but they're mini ones, they're small ones. And it's one of those things, oh, yeah, this is a, a Cornetto. Obviously, they've got the, you know, the license on that, that style. But the only one I looked at one is actually, I remember it being sort of that bit, because the bottom, the, the teat of the cone, let's call it, I'm sure it's a nicer word, was um, dipped in chocolate. So it, was, so it was, maybe that was a seal. And apparently the whole thing was filled full with ice cream right to the bottom. Well, is that right? That? Yeah, well, I think it's, it's, it's pretty sort of um, nuclear ice cream. It's like the Viennetta. It's like, which you Viennetta, you need a really sharp meat knife. So it's, it's solid ice cream. And I think once it's sort of lifted off that lid and it's exposed, it's probably melts and drips down into the into the cone. Are they still large now? They're not really... Well, I say, I haven't had one. miniaturised like everything else. I don't know, else. because we yeah, buy boxes, you know, in the supermarket of six, for example. Right. You know, because I can't eat any more than that. So... You know, it's, it's convenient, otherwise they melt in the car. Um, but the original ones you used to buy were, were much bigger. So I've written here, one of my notes was, I think the Cornetto ad was in part designed to debunk the idea that there's something inherently weird about adults eating ice cream. Uh, I think. But then right. I go back and 
like my memories of childhood are going to um you know bridlington going to the seaside right and my granddad would have an ice cream yeah and you and hang on his head I, yeah, absolutely yeah and what and i'd watch him and he looked he looked like an alien <laughs> like, like why would but it'd be like, yeah, but it'd be naked like one bit of time, look at it, look at it. Yeah. <laughs> but you're always it's a constant chase. You're trying to catch the drips. And then I don't you think there's something strange about adults eating ice cream um, or not. I don't know. When, ice cream was must have been invented a long time ago, right? Is it all that leaking? Oh just vomit in my mouth then. Oh. Um well, sorry, all I can see is a crowded beach in the north of England, a bit cloudy, with a chubby man in a white vest and a hanky on his head, licking his ice cream, looking at you. Like without moving his eyes. <laughs> like the dead stairs are staring at you and going what is he eating they missed, <laughs> they missed the trick didn't they they should have had Jimmy Savile doing this ad now then now then Jimmy Savile should have been the star of this now then now then little horn <laughs> give me a little horn in my hand I scream everywhere <laughs> lick it Jim will fix it for you dear Jim I've never had an ice cream or had the, the no, anyway stop there now then, now we will fix it for you to have my cream all in your, in your hands. Oh dear. Fucking hell. Oh. Okay. That Branding. Um, well, I think, well, there was nothing there before. Cornetto came out of it. And, it's, and it really, sorry, do, do they use the word Cornetto in, in daily conversation? I don't know how many times Little Horn comes up. I looked, Barry from accounts, you mean Cornetto? But is it like a word that people use? Is it, or is it a complete? Well, it can't be a manufactured word, can it? Anyway, for most people in England, it was foreign. They I, must have I, all the I really like the story. So it's been around since 1959. It's not. It's not a pure marketing kind of creation. In 1959, yeah. somebody in in Italy came up with this idea of making a better ice cream cone, and then it's morphed into you know this thing. Um, yeah. The last figures that I could find in 2015, Unilever sold 1.6 billion US dollars worth of Cornettos. That in what year? 2015. Wow, because that's, that's a while ago. I mean, there's a lot of competition now, like Hagen Dust. Yeah, I used to work on Hagen Dust, and, and they were just constantly. Well, I shouldn't say, but yeah, well, yeah, keeping alive by reinvented flavors every you know every year. It was a constant struggle. But I mean, people who know ice cream know this. Uh, and interestingly, the Cornetto has been completely overtaken by Magnums. Yeah, I don't mind a Magnum. I, I, I just, was it the Magnum that you said about the chocolate tongue in the middle? Only one I shared it with him, right? So, no, it was we're like a solid... To, we're back to Jimmy Savile. It was... Then, yeah, aren't we? <laughs> I want one of those ice creams. Let me show you my chocolate tongue. Which one do you want? The biggest one? I only come in small sizes. But Jimmy Savile's turned into like some old bloke on the piano. Um, anyway, um, up two spaces. <laughs> One's more coming in. So, I don't know what he's got what to do with it. talking about? I don't know. Um, oh. I don't know. Um, but yes. But there must have been, sorry, yeah, you said it's very Italian. Um, I'm sure there's more people than Gelato that sold it. Yeah. I mean, basically, they created a category with the Cornetto. Yeah. So brilliant, brilliant, I think. $1.6 billion worth of Cornetto. Cornetto. That's, uh, a, that's, a big Cornetto. That's, the, that's the copy version. I think the interesting thing is that Unilever are uh, ruthless with their brands, aren't they? Having kept that brand for so long, it's obviously making them a huge amount of money. Absolutely anything they do. They, like the, the beauty products, I know uh, uh, friends and agents that was working on them and they had a shop. I mean, the shop boards looked almost like photographic anyway. And they shot this ad 
and it involved a, a girl sitting in a white studio on the floor, a woman. But in real life, she couldn't actually sit like that because of just, you know, the way humans are built. They made them reshoot that part of it because she wasn't sitting like the research storyboard frame. Right. They have a big, like, guy book you leave her. But it's just interesting. People who do shampoo, soap. Margarine. Um, margarine and ice cream. Mm. Deodorant, washing powder. Yeah. It's a very, very interesting company. And you, I mean, you must have looked through a lot of, you know, misted up freezer aisles and going, oh, I wonder what they taste like. Like Willy Wonka, like Charlie Bucket. Going, oh, look at them. There they are. Well, I don't like to make too much of it, but yes, there was a lot of uh, peering through the window in my no, childhood. No, I mean now, when you go to Coles. <laughs> oh, fucking now, but I don't, But I don't know, that's what I mean. Do you go down the frozen food aisle when you get your dinner, you go, oh, one day, what, oh, shall I? No, I won't. And you put your one pound back in your pocket. <laughs> now, life changes, doesn't it? You get older. Well, I, I go around looking in the frozen food section at pies. Mrs. Max Pies. I'm going to look at women. Because I know that if I get a four-pack of pies, I'll just put them all in the oven and microwave them and eat a But it's like, but you know what you're going to eat it later and you go, is that it? Like my um, old crazy partner had never seen snow when we went to the North France. He sort of, he's in the car, he got out and he went to the hotel, he came out and he fell in it. He went, oh, it's cold. Yeah, and it was like, oh. So I think you're going to be disappointed. I can taste it on my tongue now, the old Cornetto. I do like it. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is there's no other brand that uses that shape or style, so they must really have ownership of it. Mm. Um, I'm sure you can get dodgy knockoffs at Aldi. Cornetti. Come better. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yes, branding, very good. Branding. Okay, out of five. I'll give it five. Rod Allen would have loved that ad, wouldn't he? It's got the song in it. Yeah, I, don't I mean, basically, the song, yeah, but the it, song lives on. It's lived on through multiple iterations of that advert. That but would been, he take on the big boys? Would he take on the on the big names of, of opera? Rod Allen versus... Because he couldn't put that on the ivories, could he? He would have gone... The thing is, you can't listen to that now. If, if, you're, a, if, you're, a, if you're a British person of a, of a certain age, oh, gotcha. you can't listen to it. So I, in the course of my research, I came across multiple uh, YouTube videos, one of which was um, the three tenors. So Pavarotti, Pavarotti, the other ones, uh, Placido Domingo. And And the other one. And the the little one. (laughs) And I was just expecting them to start, you know, there's like very long operations, musical stuff. Yeah, I was was just literally expecting to go, (laughs) just one one, (laughs) Okay, branding five. We're going to go for what do we? Uh, let's do creativity. Craft. Let's do craft next. Craft. Oh, I've got to say, is there any craft in that ad? Well, I, I mean, it's not. First there seems to be a lot of Vaseline on the lens. What? Well, it's a struggle in somehow. <laughs> it's um, no. I just think that was, that was that's the eye ties in all hot and steamy. What? You know what I'm saying? It's fire away. What? Is that, is that bad? That, but I, I don't. Is that there, Liam? Okay. It was, um, no, I think that's just the quality of VHS dubs in the day. The, um, the best looking person in that ad Don't say the was, the, was the, gondol- the gondolier, wasn't he? The bloke with the oar. No, she's eating the ice cream. Oh, she, she, was, <laughs> she was quite good. Um, her name. Sorry, was, uh, sorry, did you get, no, you missed that one then. Went right over here. What, say again. You said the best looking was the gondolier, the bloke with the oar. I said, no, she was eating the ice cream. <laughs> boom, boom. Her name was um, Kika Markham. I bet it was. I bet it was Sharon, <laughs> Sharon Davis. And she appeared in. Edward and Mrs. Simpson, Van der Volk, the the um the detective, Minder, Cracker, Minder, Poirot. What the film? 
And she was Which in Poirot? I've watched all of them. Don't know. And in and recently she was in Mr. Selfridge. Recently? Oh, okay, that was quite good. Hmm. No mention Didn't like whatsoever it. of who the bloke was. I think it was Gene Wilder slumming it. Yeah, no, I reckon you know no, what he is, he's a he's a ballet teacher, he's a dance teacher, um, working at a local college and he's he acts in his part time. He had the sport, oh he doesn't dress he himself. Solly Polytechnic. But I reckon he's also very small. Because it's not easy shooting on water. So I think they did very well. Because it's not like you can put it on the back of a truck and do it. But if I reckon if you look at him, because it's a really close lens, so he does look a bit like Gene Wilder because he's, he's sort of, he's playing to those camera, right? Quite close. So he looks like a little drowned rat. Just um, as a by the by, I couldn't find any information about who the art director was, who the producer was, who might the be quite, director. If it, was, if it was the Unity find the time. production company. There was, they I might can't find internal. anything. Oh, no, sorry. What's all that? It's the agency, wasn't it? The agency was still priced into us, but I couldn't find anything. Why? How come? That's weird, isn't it? Yep. That's suspicious. Okay, craft out of five. Mm, that's hard. Uh, I mean, it, it's. Did it, I mean, back in the day, I wasn't around so much. Did it look exotic? Did it look big? Because you look at it now and it looks like, you know, you could shoot it down the you know, local park kind of thing. But did it, it must have felt big. I, I don't know. It's all shot very tight as well, isn't it? There's no wide shots. Well, so. the canals are not huge. It's not that you're going to do a massive big. Uh, there's the passing shot thing. Obviously, it was fake. So we're going to watch it again. It's 3.7 to 5, 7, 9, 3, 6. So, like a 3.70s, they didn't stuff anything up, but no. there's nothing amazing. Okay, what about casting? Gene Wilder. Oh, I don't him. like him. I've got to say. See, I, I didn't mind him, but now you've mentioned it. I hate the bloke. He's lost it. I'll fire him. I can't even remember what she looks like. She looks like a bit like a female version of him in some ways, is she? She's very pretty. She's um, extremely pretty. I want to see, because she's got like the 80s trim, isn't she? Oh, she, she, she's, she's, down. she's okay. heading towards, there's a lot of makeup from memory. Um, well, yeah, that was the uh, Cornetto. So, sorry, I'm just watching that again. Oh, yeah, he does look too. Oh, now he's saying, do you want. She looks like Elizabeth Hurley. I mean, I would have give her, I'd give her one. Um, you can't use the same gag in every episode. I'm like, do you know what I'm really looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the new chairs. Yeah, no, well, yeah, once we start to get some more listeners. Right, um, <laughs> she does. Oh, look, look at that pause shot. Oh, that's, 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 that's porn, ice cream porn right there. You know, the. I, I sort of sound like an old bloke, but you know, you look like on Red or whatever, and it's like, you know, homeware porn or a t shirt porn. It's like everything that people are into is called porn. Trust me, I was very disappointed every site I went to. But like, you know, the consumption shop, she's licking his little horn, right? It's very provocative, isn't it? And interestingly, they don't show the logo on the front, which is for a, pack, for a product shop, probably because it's called different things in different places. But she's very Elizabeth Hurley. She's got like the slutty eyeliner on us. A poor woman, anyway. But the collars are huge. They've probably See, I don't think she's being particularly sexy. Well, she's she's this is a difficult though. shot, but... Mm. Oh, she thinks she's going to be kissed and he steals no, her ice cream. Well, she, yeah, she puckers up, doesn't she? No, I don't think yeah, she so. does. Look, I don't, look, she look she's, she's closing her eyes. Really? By him? Look, watch. And... Oh, she does. But actually, look at that shot where he grabs it. It looks like a real sort of stunt. I haven't seen that. He's got his hand out. Look, 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 look. A long, long there, way. I reckon they would have tried a good 30, 40 times to get that. Because he's like, yes, he's, <laughs> he's, he's being all romantic, misty lens. He goes back to him. He's like, out the side of the van trying to grab it. <laughs> <laughs> he used to stunt man for that. Because he's coordinated. Gene Wilder's coordination was off. <laughs> he couldn't grab the ice cream. Oh. Okay, so casting. Okay, well, see, we're not loving Gene Wilder, but she. Uh, but I think uh, she should get four points for looking like Elizabeth Hurley before even Elizabeth Hurley. Keep like Markham is. I mean, absolutely. Before we watch it again, could you have told me? Because I thought it was actually the gondolier, the gondola, the the, the gondola, the gondola singing it. But you know, in in my um, in your memory, Mandela, yeah. Syndrome thing. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. You know, when you think you remember something, you do But yeah, I, I couldn't remember any of them. So casting, whatever. 
Uh, oh, sorry. Um, you want to score? Oh, see, I, I, it goes from five, but as soon as I see his face keep popping back into it, two and a half. <laughs> it's all for her. <laughs> Even the gunners don't see him, do they? I don't, do don't it. see him. Um, okay, creativity. Um, in ta- 2006, a thousand people were asked to name their most memorable advert jingle and this is what was it Cornetto this is what they came yes was it A was it for Ramasham car cleaner what (laughs) or was it so A (laughs) or was it for Cornetto sorry Cornetto yes okay so so, the other ad we reviewed from 1983 was what oh god I can't remember was it that one one. Um, okay this is a positive attitude of the podcast I just think people listening to it feel I think I should just clarify that because memorability does not equal creativity and the other way around doesn't it just because people remember it doesn't doesn't mean that it's a good ad it achieved what it was supposed to achieve but was it was there any creativity but isn't any any PR good PR tell me an ad that you remember exactly they're still shifting 1.6 billion dollars worth of Cornettos a year it's always slightly sad depending on how much shampoo they sell and uh, middle-aged blokes, whenever they hear the opening bars to that song, will immediately start shouting, just one Cornetto, give it to me. But that doesn't mean it's a creative act, does it? Well, again, I'm trying to think what it would have been up against. Um, yeah, it was creative, because we can remember it. I think that's there is a certain amount of memorability. It's credibility. Um, look, I'm okay, creative. I think it's 4.5. 4.5? Ooh, okay. That's, I mean, it's, that's it's, it's hard because you're not comparing apples with apples, you know? Oh, sorry, he's counting up now. It's like the gold rush. 15.7. I've got 15. 15.7. That's all right, isn't it? Uh, it's, you look, it's mid-range. And, okay, what I want you to think Let about... Let down Adam, by the casting and the absolute lack of craft, apparently. If you keep that score in your mind, when I take you to the shop now and give you your first Cornetto, I think <laughs> what we're going to do is I'm going to photograph the moment and we're going to put it on a... Uh, uh, we'll, we'll tweet it. Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to photograph that moment and we're going to send the photograph to my mum. And go say, "Fuck your chocolate." Yes, yes. <laughs> you can shove your What's chocolate up your ass. Yeah. The first one I said, "What would you go for?" Do you think you go for mint chocolate chip or caramel? No, see, I, I just want, I just want to. Uh, cornetto. I just want it to be the basic bog standard cornetto. What the one in the brown wrapping? Don't want any uh, fancy, <gasps> any uh, fancy schmancy flavours. I'll, I'll leave the peanuts up for you, <laughs> <laughs> like I did with M and M's. I took, I took the chocolate off those. Um, I'm back to Jimmy Savile again. I will, will. I'll lick the peanuts off oh, this. Oh, I said peanut, peanuts. Um, I've got to work on Jimmy. Out of the top 10 jingles, there's a, there's a lot for us to work with here. I seriously, oh, I, again. Uh, I seriously want to have a look at the Shake and Work ad. Well, it puts the freshness back. I wonder what she's doing now. That'd be good. Where are they now? And your favourite ad ever, apparently, is... What? The quick fit, you can't. Get no, it's quicker not. Than quick fit out. No, don't say that. So why is that? Why does he make it sound like a, like a bunch of like you know mechanics when you like the flake one? Um, the inter- yeah, I do like the flake one. The because like that's the, the interesting like the bit. Look, looking at how she consumes the product in the Cornetto ad, it's um that's very. It's like the 1950s, and what's going to lick this ice cream as opposed to the girl in the Cadbury's flake chop ad who, in the middle of a field, oh, gives a blowjob to a piece oh. of chocolate. God, just oh, that's telling me our flakes now. What should we call this one, Bob? I don't know. It's a few words. It's just nice crumbly. Let's call it leper. The leper bar. <laughs> no, that won't work. Uh, um, <laughs> we've got all this leftover asbestos. <laughs> it won't fucking melt. Look, she can put her hands right on his white suit. 
There we go. 15.7 points. So no, I, just I think, know, so I think we're, I feel like we're a bit rusty after coming out of lockdown, but we got into the uh, we got into the swing of it, didn't we? J- uh, Jimmy got a couple of mentions. And Bongo and Bongo, they drink it in the Congo. Yes, done in the voice of an African man. Or was it? I think based on... Was, every, I know, you know what it was. It's based, on <laughs> based on everything we know, it was from Solihull. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. Tones, thank you very much. This one cornetto, give it to me. Give it so, sorry, so, sorry, just, um, they made a remake, did you say they reprised it? In 2006. Because we know, we know they don't like it. Yeah, McCann's remade it in 2006. Um, we're going to go and find the cornetto, we'll go to Isaac and get one. No, the gas station have one. Oh, this is exciting. First time. I don't want to There's not many things you do for the first time as a grown-up, is there? Listener, we went to the servo and got a Cornetto. At that stage, I should probably have saved myself some disappointment by remembering that the level of enjoyment engendered by any new experience can be rendered down to a simple equation where joy is equal to expectation minus reality. My joyless Cornetto tasted of microplastics and the specially imported tears of Donald Trump's grandchildren. The moral of the experience is, of course, that you should never meet your heroes and you can never go back. Anyway, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Do us a huge favour and give us a review, would you? Ta-ra for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.